Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Why does this thing exist? Podcast. Good morning, friends. <laughs> Good morning, Simon. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's a late night record today, Tim. Yeah, my fault. My bad. Sorry, uh, everyone. And it's also like uh, 60, 70 degrees centigrade, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the with the wind somehow, I don't know how it works. The wind's making it hotter for once. My blood's evaporated. <laughs> I'm trying to replenish it with stout. <laughs> a lot of mine has gone today, as I was telling you before the record. Uh, despite because a lot of it's been present in the veins in my temples <laughs> as I've dealt with traffic mix-up and issues after issues in direct sunshine. So. Uh, one of the listeners, I may not be my usual jovial self. <laughs> I have a more stern approach to today. Listener, the veins on Dean's head look <laughs> like what the testicles would look like on broccoli if such a thing could happen. Oh. Anyway, home of the show. We've got a guest in. We can't talk. We, this is long as we've ever talked in. We've got a guest. Well, broccoli already has pubes, so why not go the whole way? <laughs> exactly. And they're grey somehow. <laughs> That uh, delightful voice you hear there, listener, is uh, this week's guest. Uh, he's a humorist, internet beefer, and sponge, <laughs> and his name is uh, Trevor Williams. Hello, Trevor. Hello, Trevor. Hello, Simon. Hello, hello, Dean. And hello, listeners. I actually wanted to, before we, we didn't have time to think of it, but uh, I wanted to suggest before we start to record that I should be the host of this. I could then say, I'm doing a podcast with Trevor and Simon, and we might get some, <laughs> we might get some, you know, the childhood nostalgia. People our, our age might have tuned in by accident. Oh, they tricked us, these bastards, but I'm already here now, so I'm going to listen to it. Well, we will put that out as the um, all the adverts for this episode <laughs> featuring Trevor and Simon, and we'll see if that increases uh, our listeners at all. Well, I already uh, suggested to you guys the other night that you probably have a demographic that you're not really catering for. Okay. And that's uh, existentialists with suicidal ideation. I'm going to look at why exist pod and you know, they're going to catch every week. So we should probably end with a, and the reason you shouldn't kill yourself this week is man is quite good. Catch those 10 episodes before you do anything. Trev, I'm struggling to come up with something new as a topic every week. I'm definitely not going to be able to come up with reasons not to kill yourself. You're more of a supply guy for that sort of thing. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Although this actually reminds me of Trev, do you remember our first ever sort of direct interaction? It was many, many years ago. And I was thinking about this today because, oh, yeah, that's how I know Trev. And I just made me laugh thinking about it because I was setting up the, uh, the Cardiff branch of Skeptics in the Pub in our first talk. Yeah. And I set up the thing on Facebook. And you messaged me as, the, as I was the organizer and saying, Hi, I'm here about the Skeptics talk. I really would like to come, but I just want to let you know uh, my health situation. You said you're, you know, as, as you said on stage before, you're a, you know, a very severe diabetic with very badly controlled uh, blood sugar and an epileptic. So he said, yeah. basically, the gist of the message was, I'd love to come. I, I, I definitely will support it, but there's a, there's, a, there's a non-zero chance I will just drop dead at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you okay with that? <laughs> well, well, I was thinking, first of all, that was quite terrifying. Well, that technically the place for everyone, so I can't exclude you on those grounds. So, uh, <laughs> I do so. like to uh, brief organisers about my insurance risk (laughs) (laughs) my presence like we were doing this over zoom so um technically i'm not on your premises (laughs) i'd be dropping dead at home and that's really (laughs) my problem 
<laughs> it's yeah, very much a me thing. <laughs> but we are recording this in a couple of weeks' advance of the people listening at home. So by that, by the time this comes out, <laughs> every could be well dead. And it'll be a yeah. sad, sad episode. Now, then. If that doesn't bump up the listening <laughs> yeah. figures, yeah. then who knows but what will. That's on record. It's literally what he wanted. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. he's got that now. Yeah. And he wanted me to sing at his funeral as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, it's not the first conversation we've had about instructions for funerals, is it, Simon? Because remember that one time you told me that at your funeral, I must... Yeah, we, we told this story on the podcast once already, and I've edited oh, it yeah. then, so... Okay. <laughs> Once again, the story is going to be edited it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell my mother in person then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The one person I know listens. <laughs> well, um, to, so that I'll remember what day it was when it, when it comes out... Um, and it was an incredibly hot day again. Mm-hmm. Well, um, for a couple of weeks now, uh, I've had a terrible twinge in my uh, junk okay. uh, on, on, on the right, uh, a bad twinge. <laughs> and when the, the pain got so bad that it also... That's the only part of it is on the right, don't say that. Very good. Um, yeah, it, it, it twinged so bad it made my teeth hurt. It's <laughs> uh, okay. time to bring this to an atten- the attention of a doctor. And um, the guy, I, got, I spoke to him on the phone, and him knowing every other problem that I have, he was like, "Look, we better examine you." And I, when I got in the office, I was just so apologetic. Saying, I, I know it's like the hottest day of the year, <laughs> or the hottest day ever, yeah. and I've got to get my junk out. This has <laughs> got to be awful. And he said, it won't be the worst thing I touch today. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a lovely bedside manner. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, Trev, I actually had a moment of genuine panic that he said, you got serious pain in your junk. And he said, it's time I bring this to the attention of a doctor. I said, is that what you're doing now? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know uh, I'm not a doctor of that <laughs> Why does this exist, Dean? It's just your balls. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is a hardcore introduction to our first, first meeting with Trey in the park. Oh, oh also, um, I just finished watching Prey this morning. Okay. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Have either of you seen it yet? No, I've seen it. I've seen nothing but good things. No. I'd say yeah. it was the best Predator film since Predator 2. <laughs> I would say it's the best Predator film. And even that is damning it with faint praise. But yeah, I'm really torn with it because. Uh, it's set 300 years ago, mm. but that means in 300 years, the operating system for the inside of the Predator's helmet has not changed <laughs> at all. Now, I don't know if that's just unrealistic mm. or if Predators are just so aggressive that they don't take any shit. Because just today I noticed that they have changed uh, the formatting on the summary page of eBay very slightly. <laughs> and I'm still livid. <laughs> I am shaking with anger about it. And I was just thinking, if a predator just had a little change, he'd be like, fucking no! <laughs> back! No. We should do that. We could still have Windows XP. Shit <laughs> <laughs> could work. There's two possibilities there, of course. It could be that, obviously, they're hunters, so they, well, they might be trying to actively limit their technical advantage in some way. Well, they, they don't yeah. bring laser guns to you know <laughs> to a primitive planet, so I don't think that's yeah. really their. Uh, Although in or, this one they don't, yeah. because oh, okay. it's three hundred years ago. They've got the yeah. three point targeting, mm. but they send uh, 
slender metal javelins. Like as yeah, if, yeah they can travel in between star systems, but they yes. haven't managed yeah. to scrounge up yeah. a laser. But, but that's also the other thing. That maybe they do <laughs> maybe they do get regular updates, but like they're four thousand light years from their home planet. So it's just in the, it's just on its way, just the, the updates. Like we get one every like two days, whereas they get one every four hundred oh, years. Oh god, like it's a generation ship and he's come all <laughs> yeah. this way. Yeah. They actually uh, the only reason they left was to get, get, get away from the Windows updates. I can't be happy with this. There's too many update-related homicides. I've got a theory about it. I think you're going to find this revelatory. Is that in the predator culture, they've perfected the one thing that they need. Um, It's that target system in the helmet. They haven't needed to do anything to it for 300 years. Mm. And in the human culture, which is based around sitting on your ass and eating, we perfected (laughs) tomato sauce. And we haven't needed to do anything with that. For 300 that, years. That's, that's, that's a terrifyingly astute observation. I'm really scared I've never thought about that before now. Yeah. Oh, God. Although, I do believe you gave three out of five to the combination uh, ah, well, ketchup and mayonnaise. Well, this just goes to prove it doesn't need to be mixed exactly, with. Exactly, yeah. So, no, it's, yeah. You know, if it ain't broke. Yeah, if I turned up on the planet, uh, the, planet uh, the predator planet, <laughs> and I just went, oh, boys, uh, you know you've got, hey, stop, sh- do it. put that knife down. <laughs> you're out. You're out. You're out. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not a threat. Please, everybody knows I'm not a threat. And then they'd be like, <laughs> 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 uh, and then, uh, like, and I just showed them like an iPhone or something. I'd have a fucking sword straight through my bonds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was this week's episode of Predator Chat. Come back next week, everyone. Yeah. Predator Chat. With Trevor Williams. Yeah, that's a, a rare film diversion. I enjoyed that. We should think about that more often. Let's start uh, the show properly, or, right, or we're going to be here till about 20 to us, two in the morning. Okay, Doki. I believe it's my turn first. Ah, as as always, you start us yeah. off, Dean. What have you got to show us this week? Gents, this week, uh, the thing which I, uh, the existence of which confuses me, uh, is uh, this sort of thing. What can you see there? Oh, yes. I, I'm with you on this, Dean. Oh, what yeah. Dean has displayed yeah, just yeah. there uh-huh. is like, well, it's, it's a beef burger served on what seems to be hmm. a massive piece of wood. And yes. the beef burger is at least two feet high. Yeah. It's um, not this specific one, although this is a good example. It's the whole phenomenon of the inexplicably and annoyingly tall burger, which is becoming more common. And I've never liked it. I still don't like it. I find it stupid. And I don't know why anyone... It's endorsing this because I, you know, I've always been a fan of the burger as a young child. I got through many of them and was uh, the shape to prove it. And they, you know, I thought they were like Simon said, the ketchup thing kind of perfected. You got your meat, you got a bread receptacle in which to hold the meat. You got no crust like a sandwich. It's all it's all circular. There's no you know there's no end to it. There's no bad bit. You eat it, marvelous. You know, but I, think, I don't mind having onions on it or like a bit of lettuce to, you know, to, to show willing. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just be part of polite society. I know like, we, we all go play the game, um, but uh, but I don't know when. I, I, I suspect McDonald's might be at fault with the Big Mac, like two burgers, one bun. Ah, see, box clever. But since then, it's gone to the point where they are now technically te- they are unfeasible because mm. I have many issues with it. Like first off, if you need a skewer to hold a burger together. That is a failure as a burger, I think. Like, as if you had a slice yes. of pizza which needed a rudimentary splint to hold it up, you think <laughs> there's something wrong with this pizza. It's not functional as it should. It's a hand food. And also, 
if it's indeed a skewer, it's clearly too tall to fit inside the human jaw. There's no, yeah. no one has a jaw big enough to eat this. But then the only way you can eat it is to disassemble it and cut it up or use cutlery, which makes it worse. And that's sort of imagine if someone kept you like they had a tuna sandwich and they took the top of layer of bread and started scooping it up with a spoon. You'd think they were absolutely fucking barmy, right? <laughs> what you do with a burger is totally fine. So what's the point of any of this? <laughs> if anyone's fingers can stretch to <laughs> yeah. hold that thumb at the bottom, fingers at the top to hold that thing, hmm. then they have some kind of joint condition that <laughs> yeah. clearly needs medicating. Yeah. Yes. But they deserve a burger in that case. <laughs> yeah. They do. But if you look at that, if you look at that burger and you just laid it down and then took the bread off either side. Took the skewer out. Do you know what you got there? No. A meal. That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. not a burger. It's just a freaking meal. It's yeah. A meal, yeah. And you could swipe those undercooked chips off of that wooden plate as well. Yeah, the chips on this picture, we'll share this with the listener, uh, they are absolutely awful. Yeah, those, there's a couple of, there's a bit of browning run to the edge, but I'm not sure if that's actual, you know, being done properly or just like collateral sauce on the burger. I think it's exactly that, yeah. <laughs> Collateral sauce. There we go. There's a thing. Um, it doesn't yeah. even look like sauce in this picture, Dean. We're going to have to share this yeah. picture with us. This is yeah. one of the worst meals I've ever seen. The, the sauce looks yeah. like the bun has had a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the skewer's actually stabbed an organic thing and is bleeding mm. like, like dark brown blood. <laughs> some sort of alien creature. It, it, it came in peace. He wants to offer us chips. He doesn't know how to cook them. It's an alien. And we just jammed a skewer through it like it was some sort of beefy vampire. And here we are. <laughs> put the plate, serve it to a customer, charge them 30 quid or whatever it is. Yeah, I bet. And look at it. There's three big sliced tomato things, like those big beef tomatoes. Yeah. That's just taking the piss. You can put one of them in a burger yeah. and that's it. Yeah, I th- I, I'm totally with you on that. I mean, even if it didn't add extra height, I think, come on. <laughs> I think if, if the tomato to beef ratio is in favour of the former, I think that's wrong as well. If it's a veggie burger, fair enough. You know, all better off, then you can do what you want. But... If you actually order a beef burger, and I'm fine with a chicken burger, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm by curious, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's twenty twenty two, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judgmental. You can but... stray far from the the dictionary definition of a burger. Yeah, sure, you can. But totally. this is like a what's it called when it looks nothing abstract. That's the one. The this abstract, is an yeah. abstract yes, burger. It's very much the fact abstract. that bread is involved is supposed yeah. to convince us, and I'm not happy. <laughs> And that's the thing, yeah. So exactly, it's just got a bun on either side. That apparently now counts as a burger, but it clearly isn't. It's you can't hold it in your hand. You can't fit it in your mouth. You can't eat it unaided, and therefore it's a, it it just defeats the whole point of a burger. And yeah. it's almost like I think I mentioned our previous guest Dave said this before, but I've heard a few people mention it that when Gillette started doing you know, a Mac two, two blades, a Mac three, and this one's got four, and joking like, what if they kept going and what if they kept going and going and going? You had like twelve blades on there. This is the burger equivalent of that. They never stopped. They just kept adding more and more burgers. And hope, hope yeah, it's fine. Then it just got to add more. There's, there's no upper limit to this. <laughs> just someone walking with a burger on a scaffold, <laughs> three people carrying it, <laughs> and expect unhinge your jaw like a snake to eat the damn thing. <laughs> when I've had a burger in a pub and I've had to use an, uh, a knife and fork to eat it. I felt like an absolute clown. When I've ordered something, it's been presented to me. I have like a cold shiver up my body, and it's it's like it's it's like it's the same feeling that someone gets. Oh, your flies are done, mate. It's, it's that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know, given the way the burgers are cooked, like they, they, you need the bread to have a certain sort of durability because you know the grease comes off it, the sauce and stuff. Mm. 
when you get a really thick burger anyway, like the bun, you know, its structural integrity is already threatened. You'd slather with 12 patties that's all dripping with oil. Mm. It's, even if you can pick it up, it's going to disintegrate immediately. And that brings me to my second yeah, beef, or a better description, mm. which is probably Multiple beeves, people. <laughs> You're on multiple beeves. <laughs> You're getting all the beeves out tonight. The regular beef hive. And like this, this picture captured it perfectly, I think. The modern, and I still, I still consider baffling, default burger bun is now the brioche bun. No, oh, who yeah. made that decision? Yeah, who decided that? And uh, basically, I'm wonder, I wonder where who do I write to to complain vociferously about this? <laughs> I don't like them. I've never liked them. And like to me, like someone said, oh, like there's a burger. How about we add an element of sweetness to it? How about we don't do that? How yeah. about we just keep it like it's always been because that's yeah. how it works. Yes, you want, exactly. Yeah. If you want to have well, a cake as a main, have a cake as a main. Don't force your cowardice on me. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's like uh, using potato waffles as the two slices of bread and having a jam sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I, did I mention this last time? I can't remember talking to you, but um, for, for years, I think it was my mate Stan, I was, I, for years, I was one of the kids who thought the potato waffle was the default waffle. The fact oh, that yeah, I know a lot of that as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like 12 before I was, well, and waffles can be sweet too. No, no, those those are waffles, like potato waffles. That's why they specify potato waffles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've only, I had only encountered a potato waffle. Yeah. But my oh. friend, Jay, he didn't realise that there were sweet waffles and potato waffles either. And yeah. uh, when he started living with um, my other friend, his now wife, Laura, um, maybe they don't want me naming them on the internet, but there we go. He, she wanted waffles and ice cream, like you have, you know, in a fancy restaurant. And he cooked her potato waffles and ice cream. And, uh, and she still married him. Yeah. Uh, I think they were married by that point. So, you know, it's either uh, the, yeah. all the rigmarole the divorce and all that. Yeah, nonsense, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, he said, you know. he's always been hot and cold. Joke number three for the listeners. Yeah, so. <laughs> But like I say, if I was served this, I mean, I, I wouldn't order this. I wouldn't. This is called the Nelson's Column Burger, this specific one. But they usually specify like a really massive burger with twenty three things in it. Mm. So if it on the menu says it's got this, it's got that, it's got this, it's got that, 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 and I brought this, I would be deeply unhappy with this. Is not yes. can't can't quite read this, but no. contract that. But if they add the same thing in the menu, it's got you know dill pickle, it's got sun dried tomatoes, blush blush, blush and all those sort of things. And it came to me and it was like a regular size burger. I'd also be unhappy with that. So like, why do you have to expand so much on the contents? So it's just like a drizzle of each. And I've, I think I'm just very difficult to please when it comes to burgers, to be honest. This might be a me thing. I don't think you're difficult to please. I think uh, y- you are relatively easy to utterly offend. And <laughs> I'm with you on it. I was going to say, really, Trev? <laughs> you this accusation at me? <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> it's him, Dean. In, in, in burger related, uh, I see, yeah, well, yeah, specifically when it comes to culinary stuff, that actually is a very, very fair accusation. Um, they've yeah, served up a burger here that um, Shaggy and Scooby Doo would give you stink eyes, yes, for. Yeah, yeah, they would, um, yeah, yikes, no, zikes. I don't know, I've watched the show for years, I can't remember what they say. One's a dog, any, <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, so everything about this bothers me. The whole again, even that, the whole serve things, serve food on things which aren't plates thing. Oh yeah, sure. This is clearly a big pizza paddle of some sort. That's and the cook awesome. and the cook chips. The chips are fucking disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're thick though. I give them that. I am I'm, I'm always pro thick chip of a thin chip, personally. 
Well, those ones there on this picture, and once again, I implore the listeners to look at this picture. <laughs> those there, Dean, are uh, McCain's. Yeah. Th- those right. aren't freshly cut chips. Those are McCain's home fries. I I, I can recognise the site like what? they were my own <laughs> children. You know, I've seen them that often. <laughs> and and what they've been done there is they've been given a, a cursory glance at a lukewarm <laughs> oven. <It's, laughs> yeah. Those are uh, Bismarck. They've barely yeah. been thawed. Yeah. They have, yeah, yeah. This might be one of those um, advertising photos rather than an actual cook photo. No, yeah. Imagine what the different. fucking real thing's like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're about their best, which is really quite something. Because we had, um, so I grew up at the pub and mother was running the restaurant and we had a chip maker, which is like a massive lever. If you put a, with a grill, the grill on it, so a grid, you put a potato in it, it's just like, <laughs> like I just put it down. And um, I spent hours on that as a kid. Like, yeah, this feels... Weirdly cathartic. I might get one. Only potatoes should have been put on that. It's well, awful no one... that you were put on it. <laughs> right. I thought in the queue I put in rats in or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, what other woodland creatures can I do? <laughs> so, uh, unfeasibly massive burgers. What do we think, lads? Uh, a good choice and an absolute one out of five for me. They are, mm. I've got no time for this nonsense at all. Dev, your opinions on uh, the ludicrous uh, burger here? I I have to concur. That is uh, one hour of high pressure diarrhea out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. I'm also going one out of five. I would have perhaps uh, skewed towards two because I do approve of the inclusion of coleslaw. I think that's a good side for a burger. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite pro that. And it does you know, it does seem to some sort of you know, they've got a creative mix inside the burger at least. But the inclusion of the woefully undercooked chips and the brioche bun just you know, limits any. Sympathy I may have for it. So, yes, it's a one out of five for me. And we have just literally wasted food, essentially. <laughs> we have just condemned. <laughs> we have literally thrown this food in the bin and we are as bad as anyone. The toilet with you, food. <laughs> <laughs> Without the usual middleman. Exactly. <laughs> efficiency. That's the name of the game. And speaking of efficiency, I've taken to start and eating some of my meals on the toilet. <laughs> just straight through, like, um, <laughs> like a, a well plumbed drain. <laughs> In my head, all I've got is, it's a circle of life, <laughs> and it moves us all. It's not so much a circle, more of a red-hot ring. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I surrender. That's me done. <laughs> and on to the beeps and boops. Okay, listeners, we're back, and we're moving on to section two. This is the section where I will show something to Dean and Trev. Um, mine's piece this week boys is um also food related okay we haven't discussed this before and it's just a happy coincidence and uh so have a look at this can you see this not yet Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what i got for you here is a a box of edible chocolate anuses (laughs) now these these are for sale on amazon um (laughs) They there's forty one percent off at the moment, so it's quite a bargain. Uh, I recognise that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is eBay. This is Trev's old one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember sitting for the cast? <laughs> uh, um, has anyone else got Forrest Gump in their head right now? <laughs> Mark yeah, said, life yeah. is like a box yeah. of chocolates. In Forrest Gump, Simon's <laughs> life is like a box of these chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little glass. 
So, yeah, edible anus. Yeah. And now, right, obviously yeah. there's a couple of things here with this, isn't it? First off, like, well, that's just disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I think, I'm going to go there. The, the, the colour pattern is obviously a really bad one <laughs> thinking about anuses and stuff. I think that's not an association you need any help making and they're just doing it right in front of you. So Yeah, they, yeah. Well, they brown like chocolate. Yes. <laughs> they should do, um, well, no, white chocolate. That's nothing really, isn't it? What would that be? Like a bloody polar bear's uh, ass or something like that? Well, actually, if you bring up the picture again, no, look at it again. Um, say this, uh, this is something I was immediately going to object to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the product description, on the Amazon, yeah, uh, gay food, gay naughty anal novelty sweets. Now, why are these gay? What? Um, yeah, nothing gay about an ass. Exactly. Are, are the homosexual the only ones allowed to enjoy the chocolate ass? And you know, that's a very, um, it's a very prejudgmental thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I would say that's uh, you know, why, why, why specify? That's uh, that's unnecessary. Uh, yeah, I would suggest that they're probably just adding it in there so that it, it comes up in people's searches. Uh, of course. But yes. Rather than uh, say okay. only that. Because if yes. you're looking for um, something for a straight couple, or <laughs> and you type yeah. in the word straight, you don't but, want this. But, no, you don't. Know, but also, now I've got this idea that someone's Googled edible anus milk Belgian chocolate gift rude naughty anal novelty sweets. <laughs> And they haven't landed on this page. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably probably one. It's got to be gay as well. I see. (laughs) If you had typed in edible anus milk, Belgian chocolate gift, rude, straight, naughty, anal, you would not have got this. And it's quite true. Because (laughs) they'd have to be vanilla flavor, wouldn't they? (laughs) (laughs) You speak this like a waitress, wouldn't it? (laughs) With these uh, edible chocolate anuses, though. The phrase is great. Go on. They they do look quite professionally made. Yeah, Matt, that was going to be my next question. Are these one of those things where you have to like you tend to play? Do you have to get your own anus, like a mold of it? They make it for you, or the or are you getting anyone's anus? I don't for eight pound eighty sixteen. I don't think <laughs> they're going to recreate your own anus in chocolate now. Okay, but is there going to be some variation, or is it like well, a production line? That was my next question. Because they do not come yeah. off a production line. <laughs> yeah. There is wonderful, marvellous variety to be had. <laughs> well, like, I can show you a picture of what you actually receive when you order this product, if you like, gents. Okay, um, This did tickle me. Let me get a few now. It's further down on the page on Amazon, and what you get is this. <laughs> oh, which wow. is quite a nice oh, okay. box, and then what <laughs> looks like six slugs. <laughs> sort of lying around the place. Yeah, it says here, the roof says chocolate arrived melted, but that that raises further questions. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. A melted anus. Has it been somewhere warm? Well, as it happens, yes. Oh, God. Yeah. No wonder they're on offer right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how they're going to arrive. <laughs> oh, my oh. anus is melted. Amazon. <laughs> Can I have a 12 month subscription to Prime? Can you make better TV shows for it, please? And some more films for free. I don't want to play 3.49 right film anymore. My anus is melted. <laughs> I can't get a Robocop 2 for less than 999. That's ridiculous. That is disgusting, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I was annoyed at that. This is the type of disgusting future that Robocop 2 predicted. So you can't get Robocop 2 for less than 999. It's one of his prime directives, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uphold the law. Save the public trust. Protect the innocents. Uphold the law. Refrigerate all chocolate anuses. <laughs> 
the way it's presented it means that's clearly a gift. I mean, it's, it seems like you already buy yes. one for yourself. So you have to be a very um, either immature or very mature couple to <laughs> to want to sort of to get to that point. I think. So I wonder yeah. what, which which aspect they're going for. Like, <laughs> I got you something Valentine's Day. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Or like, so. I'll dismantle the Tower of Power. You have a snack. Wildly different end of the spectrum there. I, I got to say, I think they've opened themselves up for a lot of trouble by not having um, secure packaging <laughs> for when it melts. Because they could have done that. The, the, the insert in the box was vacuum formed, so they could have made it shaped so that uh, they stayed at the right um Chip, right shape on the yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you had that insert, oh, but you could then <laughs> you could then make more by just yeah. pouring melted chocolate into it and putting it in the fridge. Yeah. So I think in an effort to stop people doing that, they've kind of buggered, if you pardon the French, <laughs> their business model. Because when you get it, you're going to have to open it. You're going to have to sever the plastic seal on the side and open it just to check that you're not giving melty slugs the love of your life. (laughs) And then when you put the top back on and you give it to them, they're going to say, that's really fun, but you opened it. Why did you open it? (laughs) Did you put anything on this (laughs) chocolate asshole? And I think the the, the combination of those two things would make too much of a threat for most yeah. relationships to survive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm saying it's, it's totally exactly that. If my wife got me a box of these, first I would be alarmed beyond <laughs> recognition because I would be so wildly out of character. I wouldn't know what was going on. But it was like, okay, so, I mean, what, what, what is the reaction you're meant to have to being given a box of chocolate anuses? You sort of say, oh, just what I always wanted. Or like, oh, uh, very thoughtful of you or <laughs> you're so generous or these look tasty there's no sort of obvious uh you know an obvious appropriate reaction to be given a, a box of cho- literal chocolate starfish yeah. i think you're supposed to take one out and then comically put your tongue in it and lick and go mm, they're lovely but they're belgian chocolate yeah, and that's a good point that's, yeah that's, the, that's yeah, not that's actually great chocolate they should have know. been dairy milk and i'd be down for that yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, you hear sort of, like, there's a lot of stereotypes of the European sexual practices which are a bit more uh, liberal than the average <laughs> British one. And I wonder if this feeds into that. <laughs> Every, everything you say now sounds like a horrible innuendo. But yeah, yeah. You said no, just said no. Like, you know, when you're opening this up, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be giving him chocolate slugs. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sounds awful. For a long time, and everything we say always sounds like it's a sexual innuendo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Can't argue that. Thinking about like gifting these things or like, well, just like the novelty purchase as a thing, as a concept, right? Mm. People don't make every day, day to day. They're not out there buying chocolate anuses every day, right? <laughs> no, yeah, you would assume that was the case, yes. And most novelty purchases are made out of plastic because you can just have them in a warehouse for years. You buy a thousand pounds worth if you're a pound shop. And, you know, you put 10 on a rack in your shop and then somebody buys them once every three months and you put another one from the warehouse on the rack. <laughs> Chocolates go off. Yeah. So, like, yeah. who's, this is one of the things which, like, once I got past the initial, like, oh, chocolate anus, and I thought about it a bit more, this is what made me think, like, why does this, like, exist? Yeah. Like, you know, 
Because totally, yeah. Because <laughs> they are they they're not going to last forever. Like so, they must be like just like wheelie bins full of <laughs> ar- chocolate asses that have gone stale. Stale chocolate asses in the bins. <laughs> that, that that this is actually the thing. My um, I have a family member who retired and to fill up some time was volunteering for one of those um. Uh, sort of, it's like a food donation charity. It's sort of like a food bank, but it's uh, spread over London. They have, you know, they, they take in donated food and send it to where it's needed. All right. And, and uh, particularly during the pandemic, they were particularly busy because people were working, but also a lot of companies weren't, uh, you know, selling stuff. So they're getting a lot more donations too. So it was sort of balanced out a bit. But obviously, because it was all corporations, you're getting some really weird stuff. So one time they come in, there's like five pallets full of just about expired Ferrero Rocher. And she goes, that's a lot of Ferrero Rocher. And I said, well, I imagine the ambassador doesn't have any receptors lately, is he? So um, nothing. I've got to nothing for it. <laughs> that deserved oh, more. It's a shame. I like that. I, I thought, you know what, I was kicking myself. I was kicking, the, I was kicking a lamp, a lamppost, because I was like, ah, it's doing us around, but I can't tell. I can't go to a stranger saying, right, here's some backstory. <laughs> Let me tell you what they do, right? And come back. <laughs> it was a one and done. It was in the moment. But um, now, now I'm thinking of the same person having a big donation of chocolate asses. For <laughs> 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 the tired and the hungry. <laughs> big issue sales for the people. I'm very much got the feeling that this, uh, the company that was put together to make these ceased trading on February the 15th. <laughs> one year. Yeah. Uh, on the off chance of they might stay open on the off chance that some guy who just went in the wrong hole wanted to apologize <laughs> with the wrongest possible gift. Um, <laughs> Maybe up in the ante there. <laughs> she says it was the wrong one, but let's test the waters a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a laugh, don't we, love? Nope. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> you were saying, Dean, about um, who, who are these for? Hmm. Well, the Amazon review section may give us a clue. Oh, yes. I'll share this with you now. Of course, I love the Amazon review section. So, these are the greatest gifts to give a proctologist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Is it really? I spent (laughs) spent all day looking at these. And now... I had two surgeons that had worked with my husband, and I sent these as a thank you gift. (laughs) It was a hilarious gift and worth the price, $89, for saving her husband's life, everyone. The chocolates were actually very tasty also, so she ate some as well. Went 100% buy again. Oh, I mean, it was yeah. a lovely surprise for a proctologist. You're not going to get that twice. The part that I'm loving about that review is I've never even thought of the concept of having such bad health that you have more than one proctologist. You're so familiar with them. You think you should buy them some chocolates? God, that's horrible life to have. But then I was thinking, if my initial suggestion, what if it is like you have to mould your own? Yeah. <laughs> the proctologist takes them out and goes, oh, I made him myself. They're very familiar at this point. Like, they recognise like Simon recognises chips. Yeah. I'm afraid, Mr. Stevens, we're going to have to book you back in. <laughs> I want to see the review that says, uh, I gave these as a thank you to my oncologist uh, for dealing with my rectal cancer. And he told me that whoever the model was, they should book an appointment as soon as possible. <laughs> yes. Seriously, urgently, he gave me a number to say, call me right now. <laughs> this isn't great. Uh, yeah, this, that's the state of this country. You know, you've got to get referred to a specialist. <laughs> Instead of going to a GP, you've got to get your, your ass displayed into chocolate. 
Sell, 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 sell him on Amazon and then you can see a specialist. I hope a stranger spots something wrong. Well, I offered the doctor my chocolate ball sack this morning, but uh, he insisted on uh, touching the, the real thing. Uh, so what are we going to give these uh, edible chocolate anuses then? Dean, you start. Yeah, I'm going to give them... I'm going to give them a number two out of five. Uh, I think I'm, I'm literally tapped out for <laughs> stool running to jokes though, but because I, I'm... I'm Despite the fact I've just talked about it for 20 solid minutes, uh, I'm not especially <laughs> fond of um, uh, feces-related content material. Uh, but I will, like I've said before with other things, I sort of admire it when someone swings for the fences wildly, even if they might miss. So I give an extra an extra point uh, for getting it done and having the courage of their convictions to, to make these a reality. But beyond that, I have no interest in this. Trev? Cool. Uh, very similar. I want to give it five for the attempt. But uh, three for attainment. That would, that would be uh, three semis, uh, <laughs> not quite capable of getting the job done out of five. Marvellous. Um, uh, I'm torn on this one, you know. There's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a cream for that. <laughs> I, need to, I need to sit on it a bit more. <laughs> Maybe I'll be able to work it out. <laughs> I thought he was going. It's really stubborn. <laughs> Could you use a pen and paper? I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my finger is fine. Um, <laughs> three out of five, and we're on to the next segment. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Welcome back, listeners. We're uh, moving on to um, the guest section. Yes, I'll hear a bit. Trev, what have you brought for us this week, Trev? Well, this week. Maybe you'll be back, but what have you brought for us <laughs> this week? <laughs> well, I came up with loads of things that I was busting to do. Um, but a lot of them are, why does this thing still exist? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, I was going to talk about um, not homelessness. 4K tellies. Oh, okay. <laughs> 4, 4K TVs, right? Yeah. Right. I my own experience of watching 4K stuff on a 4K TV was at Dean's place. That was house sitting. <laughs> oh yeah, and, right, yeah. Yeah, we watched. We started watching Paddington, yeah. and because everybody said it's a lovely movie, it's the greatest mm. movie you got to watch. So we started watching it, and we thought there's something very wrong with this, right. and it's just that it wasn't. A movie that's never designed to be that high def, right? Okay. Like just zooming in on stuff that didn't need zooming yeah. in on. Poorly yeah. cinema cinematographed uh, <laughs> movies do not need four K. I don't think anyone does. I don't think we've got the eyes for it. I, I'm, oh. I'm thinking we got that point. We got a point where the human visual system just can't do any more with this. I think we get the point now where we're saying that this like a is a five K or ten K TV. This is like someone saying this is a. 35 grand bottle of wine. Take that 27 <laughs> grand one back. Like, yeah. I honestly don't know what's going on here. I've, uh, I will say the listener, uh, just a, a caveat, but um, Prev more than in his keep that week when he was out sitting for us because uh, it was <laughs> it was election time. And I live in a kind of, kind of nice area and um, I think they were expecting uh, more uh, uh, favourable turf when the local Tory campaigners came around and Prev answered the door. Oh, that must have been glorious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, tell them about the death of my mum. Oh. <laughs> oh, she was a hundred yards away from a hospital you guys closed down in 2011. <laughs> Isn't that a coincidence? <laughs> not blaming you, not personally, not you personally, just all of your ilk. 
I'll say for a fact, they have not been vaccinated. <laughs> um, yeah, I also had this big thing on landlines. They're, they're kind of a new thing, right? Because right. the landlines we used to know just don't exist anymore. Right. But the tubes now going through all of the, the pipes that um, used to contain all of the um, phone cables mm-hmm. now have different shit in it through which we are talking right now. Mm. Yeah. And they give you a landline off it. And there's <laughs> no point to it <laughs> yeah. because it's just another thing that marketing companies can pester you with, except you have to get out of bed to hang up on them. Yes. Well, that's what they're <laughs> for now. Everybody uses their mobile phone as their primary phone. Yep, absolutely. And the landlines are solely forgiving to things that you um, don't want your details to be passed on to. So <laughs> yeah. if you're ordering Domino's pizza, you give them your landline number, not your mobile phone number. Um, any sort of like, you know, you're in Tesco's, you you've just been wandering around for four hours could have gone home three and a half hours ago but you've got nothing to go home to and there's a friendly man selling windows or something like that and you catch his eye he catches you and you start chatting you know it's not interesting the rugby as much as you are but you you can hold a conversation and then you know after like 15 minutes it's clear that he doesn't want to be your friend and then you just give him your landline number yeah, yeah. If uh, some somebody's giving me their number and it starts oh two nine two, oh, it's fine. We just we can just not be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, right, don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very much a, a polite fuck you, isn't it? <laughs> totally agree. Because I think we have landline this for three things in our house. One to pick up and call your mobile to find where it is. It's like it's very much the audio equivalent of using Microsoft Edge to download Chrome, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what you're for now. Yep. Um, <laughs> to give to marketing people and uh, no, to stay in touch with people like the older people. So, but every time the landline rings, and I was either a a company wants my money and I'm not interested, or b. An elderly relative is phoning to tell me a similarly elderly, elderly relative has died. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like, either way, I don't want to answer that. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Well, my parents are dead now, so I've just turned off the ringer. <laughs> we've got we got a lovely old Bakelite phone, but a push button ring on it, and it looks good, but it's just there suffering marketing silently, <laughs> just screaming. That's like you're in biblical hell circle. It's like a Dante circle. I know. What have we done? I condemn you to eternity of dealing with marketing silently. I like, have no I've, ringer, but I cannot scream. I might have been watching too much Westworld recently, <laughs> possibly, but. I, I just think we should give our phones just enough sentience to understand what a marketing call is so it can hang up after five seconds and say, <laughs> doesn't sound like anything to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the thing I actually wanted right. to, to say that that you'll probably say, what the fuck is this? That's, that's something that I sent you a, a picture for because I don't know. Here it is. Okay, okay. what have we got here? Uh, I am not looking at this yet, Trev. I, uh, <laughs> let me tell you about a a project that Marvel Comics did okay. about a British super team. <laughs> no, called that sounds great. <laughs> called the Union. Oh God! Now I encourage uh, the listeners to oh, wow. have a look at the picture. Okay, right. There's one called Britannia. Wow. That's England. <laughs> um, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, there's one called The Choir. Guess who that is? 
Oh, yeah, it's going to be us. Uh, for, us. <laughs> uh, for Scotland, there's Kelpie <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. And for Ireland, <laughs> I've just realized what that is. There is snakes. Um, I, I don't know if we can call him his. Okay. Because they it's are snakes. This. They okay. They are more than one snake. They are also oh, they snakes. are literally a bunch of snakes in a, a man bunch costume. Of snakes. <laughs> that, also, also big snakes. Uh, yeah, which shows that the artist has never been anywhere near the British Isles. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, well, famously, yeah. the snakes were driven out of Ireland. <laughs> yeah. One of yeah. the things that Americans know about Saint Patrick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they were bumpers when they were in Ireland, I'm sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, the Irish could, what best represents us? How about that one thing we actively are known to have got rid of? I'm <laughs> 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 like, the Welsh character is, is, is a second homeowner from England or something. <laughs> <laughs> Someone we actively don't want around here. Now, I should say, uh, this particular picture is by the writer of uh, The Union. and. Right. He's an artist called Paul Grist, who's done some great stuff. He's done a, scene called, uh, a series called Kane, K-A-N-E, which is just wonderful. But in this, I think he was trying to be slightly sarcastic, but also celebratory. Yeah. Uh, which tells you he's English. And yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Because there is no thorough running contempt for England from the other three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even though Britannia yeah. dies at the end of the first issue uh, <laughs> and is replaced by a guy called Bulldog. Okay. okay. How do the uh, characters feel about Bulldog? Are they, are they uh, okay, it's hard to tell. You know, I, I think that Paul Grist can write, but the, the art style that you got there, you can see that he can put some nuance in and sarcasm can like yeah bleed yeah. out of that but yeah. they put a different artist on the book so it looked all sleek and cool and oh, okay. that's, and yeah, awesome that's, yeah yeah <laughs> it was that's jarring yeah 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 now this was done in 2020 post brexit wow okay. Oh, okay so this is recent this is recent yeah. yeah and even if you want to say it was just a joke that didn't really work yeah the gang showed up again in a crossover last year. Hmm. So they are properly embedded in wow. the Marvel comic universe now. Yeah. And I hope that they are going to be a symbol of the collapse of the actual union <laughs> of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Yeah, I can totally see that. That's, um, I, 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 again, so, you know, if they had, the, the backbone. I think there should have been a panel. I mean, guessing this didn't happen, Trev, but... He can't so have he... a backbone. He's just snakes. Ah. <laughs> Good. Or does he backbones. have many? Yeah, yeah vertebrates. So they have... Oh. Again, it's not even a back, is it? It's a snake. <laughs> yeah, which is the back of the snake? One long bone. The top bone? <laughs> yeah. They don't have a back. They have an up yeah. and a down. Yeah, exactly. But also, is it a bone or is it... It's just it's just the bone. There's no, there's no other part to it. So it's... it's uh, Regardless, but... They said it was a character bulldog. I would have given them in this credit. They said, Why do they call you bulldog? Well, I'm banned from most schools. I <laughs> <laughs> look like from this point on, you can do whatever you want. You've gone there. Just a scene in the background of uh, bulldog <laughs> licking piss off a nettle. <laughs> that would just be, it would have saved the whole comic. 
while trying to sell some insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, for listeners who, uh, if you have any who aren't from the UK, as I think we do have to, okay, at least one from uh, Bulgaria, apparently. It's great. Um, the game British Bulldog, where you uh, try to run past them when they tackle you to the ground, has been regularly banned in most schools in this country, uh, largely because it's played on concrete playgrounds. And there's no yeah. no health and safety regulation which allows that sort of thing. Yeah. I played it. I played it. I, I played it all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do me any harm. I genuinely thought you cut it out then. <laughs> <laughs> no, shit. Got to reboot again. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. I did. I thought that our listening ratings were going to go up and up and up. And up. <laughs> yes, he's dead. He's dying. <laughs> dying on the stream. Yes. This is the content we want. <laughs> This is arguably how he wanted to go. <laughs> His it. last words were, I licked piss off a nettle. <laughs> Apparently once on his tombstone, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but they'll tell everybody that my last words were chewing a wasp. <laughs> the Marvel Universe is very, very familiar to most people these days. Mm. And Given like the, um, I think my friend Dan Thomas recently pointed out, but I totally agree with this. Like, post uh, the whole Endgame film, Marvel Universe now is still still going, <laughs> but it has yeah. the uh, it has the energy of uh, the later series of the American Office when Steve Carell had left, and it's just like yes. find find someone to base it around. I totally agree with that. What do you think Fair the odds of these guys ended up in a Trev? These guys are not even going to appear in one of the TV shows. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is damning. Even Hawkeye got a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gosh, I know. Sorry, <laughs> it's a terrible shame. Uh, but yeah, I think the no, I don't want to sound like a, a fanboy for Marvel. But some of the stuff that they're doing is good, and uh, I like that they're going. Oh, I find it. I find most open of up the multiverse because if the one place they could show up is in a a universe where they exist, mm. and their entire universe is shit because of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now that I would watch. <laughs> I am snakes. I am many snakes. <laughs> All right. Very blatant allegory for the British Empire, that isn't it? So <laughs> we exist, so everything is shit. <laughs> Very much. I vote snakes. <laughs> <laughs> snakes mean snakes. <laughs> also, did St. Patrick's only drive the snakes out of the six counties? No, uh, it was a United Island then. Wasn't it? I, it was, wasn't it? So yeah. why is Snakes a character that's supposed to represent Northern Ireland? Oh. It's so poorly thought through. Yeah. 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 On this drawing that you've got here for us, Trent, though, it says, mm. I am an ancient water demon, but they call me Kelpie because it appeals to the target demographic. What does that yeah. mean? What target Demographic is Kelpies. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're being put together artificially like uh, a, a boy band on the X Factor mm, or something. Right. So okay. that's the kind of satire that he was going for. But because it, uh, I assume it has to just pass through so many levels of uh, editorial yeah. that most of the fun and the good ideas just got kicked to death. Yeah. yeah. And they ended up with just mildly funny stuff and no mm. political satire when this is just asking for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. clearly. I do think this, this does represent something which I've grown to be quite, I'm quite tired of it lately. The whole, 
you know, trying to be like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, we're one of you lot from big corporations who clearly don't give a shit. Like they yeah. all them um, trying to co-opt the whole, you know, like the anarchic nature of the web. Like, like the whole, what's it, that Sharknado film. Like the, yeah. the sort of, the, you know, Snakes in a Plane was like a cult hit and stuff, but they were still quite sort of knowing. But so they love this shit. Just give them that, you know, just like you know, do, do a nudge wink. They say a funny voice and stuff. Be a bit yeah. right. Yeah, that's fine. I'll buy it. That it, it's it's just as sort of you know manipulative and contemptive as you know, being a or yeah, well, no man or like how do you do fellow kids? But it's yeah. just the latest <laughs> scene of it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've always just found that quite really quite great. In it's just manip- just manipulation in in a more friendly mask. There, there hasn't been a um, a British character, I think, in Marvel comics that has been made that hasn't been risible, at least for some time. Um, Captain Britain was written by Chris Claremont because the editors at Marvel said, you were born in Britain, right? You came to America as a baby? Yep. Okay, write Captain Britain for us. <laughs> that was it. That was his qualification. For, uh, <laughs> Right, in that first story. Um, Alan Moore eventually got hold of Captain Britain and did a great story with it. Um, it's tricky. I don't know what it is about the general editorial <laughs> Marvel yeah. that hates British people so much. Um, <laughs> and, you know, British Empire, can't blame him. No, yeah. no. I, um, I, I, I watched some clips of the, the, the 1960s Batman film the other day, and the, I, don't, <laughs> I, I can't tell how much of it's intended and how much of it is sort of just like a... A, a, sort of like a then to be taken straight face because it was the sixties. Like, Some days you just can't get rid of a bar. That's the exact scene. That's it, but amazing. Because when Robin says like, "Why don't you just drop it in the bar with all those boozers?" <laughs> it's just like, "Well, Robin, some people will make bad decisions, but you still deserve a chance." <laughs> like, we just, we just commit mass murder to people because they drink. <laughs> is, that, is that really what Batman's original ethos? Like? <laughs> Speaking of Batman, I wasn't sure that we get to this subject. But here's a thing that I don't know why exists. All the people who say, I stand with J.K. Rowling. No, you don't. She lives in a castle. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't get through the gates. Stop pretending that you live somewhere better than you do. It's embarrassing. And also, expecting a billionaire to be a good person, she's not Batman. (laughs) Although, I would argue that if she had her parents shot to death in front of her when she was 10 years old, she might not be such a cunt now. (laughs) You may have to edit that bit out. <laughs> oh, no, I think I'm for that. That's fine, I'm sure. <laughs> Note for the listener, Simon was tempted to beep out the C word there, but he'd already beeped out the names of his two friends, and he didn't want you to think that his friends are both named cunt. I tell you, listener, it's a bloody minefield. So, regarding this, this is the Union supergroup, uh, superhero troop, yes. what sort of... Uh, I'm assuming you've, you have read this because you told us about it. But what, what sort of, what level of crime are they fighting here? Because obviously Batman is a strict level criminal as a Spider-Man for a while, but sometimes they fight galactic forces or sometimes it's international stuff. So what, what where do they stand in like the superhero pantheon of uh, what level are they at? Um, I don't know. They, they, they are quite powerful, but they get sent immediately up against the bad guy that overpowers them and kills Britannia. Right. Okay. Fair and because they. The the British government is there trying to turn it into a photo shoot, and yeah, you can see what he's trying to do, but it doesn't come off because it's all uh, yeah done in a very slick fashion, um, and it's a nice idea that it's all done as uh, like advertising. Uh, they're not supposed to be real superheroes; they're just supposed to show up 
in places where there's been a fight and say, don't worry, everyone. Don't worry, folks. We'll, we'll sort everything out. It's a decent idea there, I think. Oh, yeah. It's maxed over like it's been executed by being forced through several layers of corporate interference. Yeah. And if you, like, I had the documentary on my, um, uh, one of my DVDs, like the, the Red Dwarf US pilot, that was like that. Yeah. They, yeah. they try to take the, you know, the British idea of Red Dwarf and they filtered it through multiple American uh, you know, levels of approval. And they ended up with, I think Craig Charles said there was no grime in it. There's nothing yeah. about Red Dwarf, which yeah. I like. It's, it's, it's grimy, it's cheap, it's dirty, it's like it's two actual. One arsehole, one slob. <laughs> yeah, and then we're all like, just, let's make them redeemable people. No, yeah, you've ruined yeah. it. You broke let's make them glamorous. Let's make them all... It's trying to sort of enforce things on things which should happen organically. It just never works, really, yeah. does it? Like all the best British comedies, they've got an element which has just been nudged away from sadness into comedy. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them are about people who are trapped uh, as well by their situation yeah. or... or if you think about all of, all of the best British comedies like that, the yeah. Towers is like that, Red Wolf's like that, uh, Bottoms like that, Bottoms Porridge like that. is Porridge quite is clearly. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's taken the idea to the extreme. You could say it about every single one, you can make that argument. Step to one son, is, yeah, his son is trapped with his dad. And like every every <laughs> single one of them is that. Is a- if you remove that sadness, that that. Mm. That tiny little slither of depression from it, it loses everything. Yes, I've heard that a lot because I, I think I went a bit of a rabbit hole with uh, failed pilots for uh, American versions of British shows. And they, um, look, like there was, they were planning a porridge pilot, an American version of porridge, but they, they, they couldn't actually comprehend that. They said, well, how about we put them in a prison in Hawaii? So it's always been nice to look out the window. Like, what? <laughs> what? And the 40 Towers, they tried to do 40 Towers. They said, but we need to have a line at the end of the show which shows that Basil actually does love his wife. But he doesn't. He's terrified. Of <laughs> That's the whole point of this. They are actual arch rivals. <laughs> but it's like saying, how about we make Batman? But instead of a superhero, he's an accountant. <laughs> How <laughs> about we just have Bruce Wayne the billionaire just walk around being a billionaire? That'll, that'll be fun. No. How about no. if we have Batman and his parents visit? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just depressing. Also, in the interest of uh, fair balance, American sitcoms regularly are absolutely brilliant. And it also works the other way. In that when they try to do a British version of an American show, it, it also goes to absolute shit. Did you ever see? The, the the one I think it was only one episode of Married for Life. No. Oh God! And the, the oh no! Who was that? Married with children. Yes, yes, it was. Wow. Oh, who was in it? Who played the? I, I, I can remember one. Who played the? Uh, uh, it the the Al Bundy role? Uh, Ed O'Neill, the big brawny American guy. Who played that? Have a guess. Oh, I have a guess. Well, you. I, 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 <laughs> we're talking like late nineties. This was late nineties. Give it clear. It was it was an established British comedy person. Oh. um... Joe Pasquale. No, but good guess. Who's the guy that played Ted Bovis? Um, oh, uh, yes. Um, Paul McShane. No. Uh, oh. Yeah. One more guess. Come on, Trev. You have one more go. Okay, who's the guy who plays Alfie Moon in EastEnders? Shane Was Richard. it him? Shane Richard, yeah. yeah. No, it was not. No, it was Russ Abbott. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. But oh, that did. That would have it, stunk. Because... Because it, it did, because um, we had it was a mind which was on Sky One a lot. So I, my dad always out in the pub and stuff because he loved that sort of shit. But 
they, they did a beat for beat remake of one episode of right. this show, which was but the crude, smutty aspect of suburban America. And they made it British. It's like, this makes no sense. None of this, this adds up at all. And Ross Abbott's going, yeah, the women are really women. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> no. Stop it. And they did. It, I think it lasted one episode. Yes. And they thought, yeah. no, nobody wants this. Why does this exist? There we go. I should have saved that for a future episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll watch that next week. Too. Yeah, we will. Speaking of which, uh, the union lasted four issues. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> and has made only the one reappearance since. And on that note, then, <laughs> uh, what are you going to give this, Steve? Um, I'm tempted to go with Simon Special three out of five because yeah. I do. You know, all I've got to go on is what Trev said on this picture we're looking at right now. So <laughs> yes. I won't say it's an informed opinion. I'll say that much. <laughs> I do like the idea of having a, a superhero with nothing but loads of snakes in a, in a suit. I done I'll it, it a, yes. I'll give it a point for that. Yeah, ignore the Irish thing. I just like that as an idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. I, I sort of like. I feel bad to give it like, oh, this is shit. When when I know, I feel like there was a core of a good idea there, and a good approach, yeah. which got stomped on. So, yeah, I'll go three out of five. I'll three out of five just to play it safe. Um, I think I'm going to agree with you there. I I think I'm going to investigate this a little bit more. Yeah, I'm I'll report back on this next week, listeners. I won't. And then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I've just uh, picked up on this, um, something else I've noticed from this panel now. The Welsh character there, they called me the choir. They didn't like Scream. That was my supervillain name. But he's spelling Scream with a K, right, which is not how you spell Scream. Not definitely in Welsh, anyway. Not only that, yeah. K yeah, doesn't that's exist what I was going to say, and the K doesn't exist in Welsh. So that's doubly yeah. wrong. Um, so I'm going to bump it down to two. Yeah. So, Trev, what... It, what you're the most um, informed. How do you feel about this? <laughs> For the uh, attainment, it would be two. But because I I love um, the guy that wrote it, and I'm sure that he's um, just he's been done dirty by the whole process. Uh, so I will give it three blank pages out of five. <laughs> this is ironically a higher scoring thing tonight. <laughs> so- hey! <laughs> <laughs> well done you're better than a chocolate anus <laughs> we're going to have some peepsy poops and we'll see you after this break uh, I, I had some peepsy poops uh, in the last break and my refractory period doesn't allow me to have any more for a while so. welcome back listeners we're moving on to section four because it's a guest week, which is the best part of the show in all of your opinions. Not mine anymore. I've moved off it. I don't like it that much anymore. (laughs) This, of course, is called Random Wikipedia Article. And um, are you going to get ready to hit the thing, Dean? Well, could I actually uh, bring something up from a a previous uh, Random Wikipedia article? You brought up the, uh, the song Billy by you. Oh yeah, with the the, the lyrics that uh, made you um, just a little worried. Yes, um, I was content that Wikipedia brought it up, but yes, that's what you say. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> that's, that's true. Good one, Dean. We'll, yeah, the loyals will love on. that. We'll, we'll blame James Whale. Yeah, <laughs> he listens. Okay. He knows. He knows. <laughs> so uh, he said, thirteen years from the day he was born, Billy fought the battle of the Little Bighorn." Right. Uh, for those not familiar, 
with what happened at the Battle of the Little Bighorn, uh, Custer and uh, divisions of the um, cavalry were wiped out uh, by the Native Americans. Yes, I, I think it was kind of, kind of a one-sided victory on behalf of the uh, very natives much. there. Now, uh, it says um, uh, on Wikipedia also that um, the Battle of uh, Little Bighorn happened in 1876. And it says that there was a girl who went up to him and he didn't know whether to stand there or run and he wound up married to her. But it says that this happened to him in 1878, two years after the Battle of Little Bighorn. Oh, okay. right. Now, the fact that he was 15 at the time uh, that's nothing to do with what I'm saying. Uh, different times, I don't know. I don't know what the... Yeah, what state everybody was dead by the 30. Yeah, Got to get in there quick. Yeah. Yeah. But if he was a, a Louisiana boy, a white kid who survived the Battle of the Little Bighorn, yeah. then that guy knows the difference between standing there and running, and he ran. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest bit of nitpicking in all history. <laughs> I'm sorry, to that is outstanding. <laughs> that is an analysis for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> but with excellent dividends, and I applaud it immensely. Thank you. Uh, and if you enjoyed that section, listeners, this is the type of analysis that we need and deserve on this podcast. <laughs> so as always, please send all that to Dean out. Why does this thing exist podcast at gmail.com? So moving on to... Random Wikipedia article. Thank you for your analysis there, Trevor. It's really, really <laughs> giving you something. Thoroughly enjoyed that. that was amazing. <laughs> right then, let's have a look at this uh, random Wikipedia article. Okay. So then, click on this now then, Dean. Click a button away and we've got... Random article, it says... Tan, tan, tan. Tan, tan, tan. Okay. Uh, the translation says tap, tap, tap. Uh, but it is the seventh opening theme song from the Japanese anime Kare Kirarin Revolution. The song was released on October 29, 2008, not too long ago, before my Milky Way, consisting of Koharu Kusumi uh, from Morin Musumi, uh, Sayaki Kitahara, and Yuo Kikawa from Hello Pro Egg. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> those, are, those are three, three words. <laughs> Hello, pro egg. I'm sick of these amateur eggs. <laughs> Finally, someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, as their characters, Kiari, uh, Kirari, Tsukishama, uh, uh, Noel, Yukino, and Kobeni Hanasakai. I think I'm going to go through about defending too many people, but it's probably a not unreasonable chance that I have alienated some significant proportion of the Japanese populace. I apologize in advance and behind. When when you were trying your very best to pronounce Japanese names, and then the next three words in English is hello pro egg. You can't. <laughs> That's not fair, is it? It's a mental gear change with absolute <laughs> clutch. It's just like it's like bah, I get the feeling that if this uh, podcast is going to be reviewed in ten years' time, people are going to be saying it was different times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia was random then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought this Wikipedia page was the, the Welsh pronunciation of Fireman Sam. <laughs> yes, this is the final episode of Fireman Sam, <laughs> where the, the, Sam couldn't get to the phone quick enough 
everybody's screaming fire. <laughs> it's the one with the no laugh track where he talks about the woman who suffocated her baby on the bus. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> I think I thought it was a chicken, see, but it turns out it was a baby. <laughs> Norman Price, did you suffocate that woman on the bus? <laughs> Weird direction for this to go in. <laughs> My first thought, well, I think it was a bit more sort of uh, straightforward, was it says tan tan tan. I thought Alan Partridge, tan, 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 tan. Excellent. So it, it says seventh opening opening theme song. Seventh so, opening, opening theme song. Yeah. Seventh opening. I mean, that's that sounds like those chocolates we had. <laughs> so. I didn't know like animes. I didn't know animes were musical. I, I thought that wasn't a thing they did. But um, the seven, like, uh, opening theme. So there must have been seven seasons of it, I guess. Oh, okay, right. And right, they had okay. a different theme song each season. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been that long running that it, they've just. I, I heard anime. I thought of a, a film like Akira. So that's, that's no. They have yeah. series as well. Yeah. Should we have a look at the the TV show it comes from? See how long it's yes. been running. Yes, please. Uh, so. Uh, Kitty and Revolution has been running since 2004. Well, and it only ran until 2009. So they managed to get seven theme songs in that five <laughs> seven years. Seven opening seven theme, theme songs. songs, opening theme songs in five years. They're doing yeah. a fucking hell of a business over there. Very efficient, Japanese technology. Oh, this is a quite a, it's a unique sounding um, anime because it's about a beautiful 14 year old girl who uh, falls in love with a boy. Ah, uh, right. She's a pop star, and uh, they live in different worlds. And, um, um, what uh, I think, Trev, I'm, I'm guessing you might have more uh, awareness of this, but um, do you guys have much experience way of anime? Because I'm not an anime follower. I have no issue with it. But I'm um, not, um, I think I have seen three things in my life, and I've enjoyed all of them. One, Akira. Okay. Oh, yeah. After that, Ghost in the Shell. And then a massive gap of about probably 20 years. And I recently watched Neo Genesis Evangelion. And I think that is probably one of my f- top five works of art. I think it's absolutely outstanding. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it, so I'm, I'll, I'll check that out. I am um, basically either a city gets destroyed or a young girl's heart gets broken. That's it. <laughs> that, that's. Another that might be horrifically reductionist, um, but I, that that's what I see when I go looking. Um, I'm I'm more interested in the city destroying stuff. Yes, yes, yeah, I'd go along with that because I, I I try to incorporate the two by imagining lots of heartbroken teenage girls in the falling buildings. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean statistically likely that's, that's fine. I mean, I, I've never seen much of it, but I, I don't dislike any of it. Um, I saw Akira as a kid, and I sort of liked it, but didn't understand it. I was too young. Um, I did start watching One Punch Man for a bit, which I quite liked. That's actually quite a fun one. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I saw like eight episodes. These are fun, and then I do something else and lost interest. I'm not yeah. a TV guy. So I, I'm not going to sort of comment on anime in terms of yes or no, I like it or not. But it's uh, also because I have, uh, weirdly, I have Japanese friends now, which I didn't have uh, like six years ago, and I wasn't expecting to have. It was very. I this 
it's not meant to sound offensive. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that preface. Yeah, yeah. But, my exactly. fingers hovering over the edit, <laughs> the edit but yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. But when um, me and Simon were from the Welsh Valleys, like I never expected to meet anyone who wasn't like me because it just wasn't the thing that happened much of this. And then I came to university and met lots of different people, different old cultures and walks of life and stuff. And and eventually married my wife, who was Indian. So like that was fairly exotic by Valley standards. But when we actually made the Japanese friends, I thought, yes, now I'm properly multicultural because I I just thought, growing up, I thought the Japanese people and culture were like, yes, those are proper foreign people. I don't know. Absolutely no judgments. Like, yeah, they, yes. they, they know technology and stuff. And they eat raw fish. and They were so different and they're so cool. And it was all... Uh, That's yeah. the way the, the Japanese culture is always presented to us, isn't it? If, yes, exactly. As, yeah. um, other, mostly uh, in a positive light from when the years when we were growing up, they were like, they were presented as a different culture in totality. Mm. And we were presented with extreme versions of, of what probably would be minor cultures in, in, in Japan. So yeah. we, we, we got uh, sort of like, gimmicky shows looking at Japanese culture where we'd have like things focusing on the sex trade in Japan where mm, you know and, and made us go oh, like oh, oh, like but without any focus on the UK sex industry which <laughs> yeah, yeah. has to be much 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 more depressing and, and <laughs> yeah. secretive and depressing yeah that's the thing yeah, like, you know oh, they, they they buy pants from a vending machine like well we yeah. wouldn't do that if we had the chance. But yeah, exactly. Wife yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah. Somehow that's worse. <laughs> and, and, and that was always coupled with what seemed to be the amazing technological achievements that yes. Japan has, yeah. has achieved. And, and at the same time, um, we'd have uh, a reliance on places like Sony and things like that to back up jobs and, and things like that. Yeah, there, there, was, there was always a big sort of like... Uh, presence growing up but, yes. but nothing yeah, that you could easily relate to because obviously we like there wasn't any Japanese restaurants in the Garden Valley or anything like absolutely that, not you know? still aren't by the way just for everyone famous on no, so <laughs> we never went to school yeah. with any children of Japanese descent no yeah I think what it was is like in, in a world where we were slowly becoming more and more presented with foreign cultures they were the most foreign like they were the most um, but not not inferior they were dirty foreign like they, these people do this these people do that these people do like say they eat fish raw and they have tiny computers and they have <laughs> virtual reality and they're like small and stuff and they also have ninjas. So it was it was like a proper like boss level foreign culture. <laughs> I can't think of a better way to describe it, but they were I think and also I think the video game side of things came into that as well because yeah, like we, we were like the Sega Nintendo era, like a lot of it came from Japan, like oh yeah, they know um yeah, they they do video games, so therefore they're fine. They're, they're complete pass for a thirteen-year-old child in the nineties. Do you remember? It's like this is like related to that, but there was a girl in our school who was, I think, the diplomatic term is bullshitter. <laughs> but when when she was called out on a bullshit, she used to burst into tears a lot, and she once got really, really, really upset and cried openly in a school classroom because she claimed that her uncle. Was the guy who made Streets of Rage? <laughs> <laughs> your, your uncle, who we, we know is a local carpenter, is responsible <laughs> for the international video game phenomenon, the side scroll beat of Streets of Rage, known to be of Japanese origin. 
Okay, well done. No, no, we don't believe you. <laughs> Miss, they don't believe me. Well, they shouldn't, because you're lying. Ah, but it turns out her uncle could only walk along the streets uh, in one direction, moving up and down. Yeah. <laughs> he used to punch people a lot, so maybe, yeah. maybe there's something to do. Think you owe someone an apology, Dean? I think so, I did. She was just um, couldn't find the word inspiration. That's what she was looking for. He used to pick up turkeys off the streets, kick bins. <laughs> Britain and America surely owed Japan just uh, an apology in general because we've taken <laughs> their culture and we've got like marked down uh, sushi on a garage forecourt. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Battle Angel Alita movie. And oh, God. Have you seen that? Scarlett Johansson as Ghost in the Shell. So they, I, I am ignorant of most uh, Japanese culture. I got to say that what I was just saying about uh, manga, uh, my boy Frank has seen a lot more of it. And what I watched some of Jojo's bizarre adventure uh, with him, mm. which is funny, but it's a lot funnier than someone who's uh, seen enough manga and um, anime beforehand mm. that they know what all the references are about. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. That's the, um, <laughs> this again, uh, Simon, heads up, you might need an editor for this. <laughs> but uh, I told you, we made some Japanese friends uh, when we moved here. And I was all like, yes, I'm a proper multicultural person. I've got Japanese friends. That's top foreigner. That's, uh, <laughs> that means I am the most accepted person. <laughs> I don't know why it's in my head. But they were, I think you might have met them, Simon. It was um, my son's friend, the Japanese kids. Uh, my birthday most years, we uh, have a barbecue here. And then they came along for the first time. And the mother of the, the two kids, who uh, the one we knew, because her husband was the guy who was working, uh, they since moved back to Japan. We were all quite sad about that because the needs are expired. Um, they, they weren't planning to stay. There was no sort of, for once, there was no sort of coercion. They just had to go. Yeah. Uh, there was all part of the plan. But um, she, she was like, she, her and my wife became really good friends and she practiced English with her and they became more and more fluent. But the first time she came to the barbecue, so she brought like this, Extremely exquisitely delicate and marvelous Japanese dish to share with everyone. Like, God, I'm just I'm flipping sausages like a fucking savage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just skin away my cat, cat and get a pelt. Like that's, that's how I feel right now. And she came over and said, "How old are you?" Because she was still learning. I said, "I'm um, just like 36 at the time." She went, <gasps> <laughs> is, "Is that a scary number?" I don't know. And she said, "You, you're." Two years younger than me? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> she told me she was 17. I go, of course she is, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> God, your genes are superior to mine. What the hell is going on here? And she was horrified. Like, I was, I'd aged like a fucking prune overnight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Should we have another look at this article, see what else is going on with it? Yeah, because... Oh, Remember, we reviewed the article, not the, the show itself. Yes, or whatever we've been talking about the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this has been a long one. Uh, tan, tan, tan. Well, let's have a quick listen to the song. Come on. We, oh, we're course, all yeah. here. Let's have song, a listen yes. to the song. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's what we do. Tan, tan, tan. Here they come. You've got the interesting outfits. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a song that isn't improved by having magic sparkles in the beginning. No. (laughs) I hurt myself today. (laughs) 
I do actually quite like this. It's good, but it seems very yeah. um, child friendly. Which I, yeah. Which I was not uh, what I thought anime was. Well, this says the song is 4 minutes 39 seconds long. That can't be. Maybe we listened to the wrong thing. That's quite long for an intro to a cartoon, yeah. like, isn't it? Uh, it sounds though that they uh, wrote a bunch of songs for the character to sing because she's a pop star in the, the show. Ah, uh, yes, so yes. I think they probably right. just wrote a, a long version and a short version, I guess. Yes, I think. I think once again, twice this episode now, Trevor's given us some incredible insights. <laughs> me and Dean, if we left our own devices, would have stumbled phrases about this. <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right. This is one of the songs where. Uh, the character, this is one of the pop songs, isn't it, Trev? I believe so. That makes sense. Let's, let's come in. I think we can all say that, yes. This I mean, is... if it turns out that her um, nemesis sings this song, and yes. we're attributing it, attributing it to her, then you'll get lots of mail. Then, oh, oh, you've no idea. You were, you were bang wrong, mate. Yeah. Bang wrong. Oh. Yes, yes, we don't. Yes, that's that's correct. We, we will have to give a public apology and then stop the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll give you ten more seconds just in case one of these three girls turns into a big pile of snakes, and then <laughs> or a moth, <laughs> or a moth. Hey, I'll stop you now. Oh. Yeah, if you do need to publicly apologise, I'll, I'll uh, email you my boilerplate apology. Uh, you can just tack it on. What's that? Oh, I just so often have to do that. <laughs> Saying dreadful things to people. Well, well anyway, uh, I enjoyed that song quite a lot. You know the song, yes. That was lovely. Um, I don't know enough about anime to know if that's good or bad song in the context. Like so. you've heard songs, you didn't need to know about anime to know about songs. Did you like the song? Because we're talking like the about song. the song, remember, Dean? Well, we're what not. We're like talking about the article. Yes. <laughs> the article was about the song. It's about, it's yeah. about the song. Sorry. Yeah. I retract that. But um, yes, I like the song. Fine. Um, four stars. Four stars from Dean. <laughs> yeah. Trevor? Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half only because it was the first listening. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it could end up like uh, Crazy Frog or Baby Shark. Uh, oh, you know, good point. Yeah. Think ahead. Poor yeah. planet. Yeah. Like that. Well, good work. So yeah. that way I can go up or down half a point. And yeah, I'm happy yeah. with that. I think we were all like, ah, oh, the first time we had Crazy Frog, we were all like, oh, that's a hell of a song. What are you talking <laughs> about, Trevor? Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hell of a song. It was Axel F by Harold Faltermeyer. And <laughs> I will defend it to my dying breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent knowledge from Trevor. Um, I'm going to give it... Um, what do you think I'm going to give this then, boys? A little guess. Go on. Oh, I'm going to take a punt on three out of five. Yeah, it's got to be the, the classic three. Come on. I think so. I think so. It's a strong three if I've ever seen one. Hmm. Like, like you said, and also, like I always like to rely on the things that people have said before me to make a point which I haven't got in my own head, I will say that that was a strong theory of five and because of the reasons that they've already been given. <laughs> <laughs> and so wow. that brings this week's episode to an end. Um, thank you, <laughs> number one, to the listener. Thank of course, you. Yes. Cheers, to, listener. Cheers, listener. So listener by this point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on the podcast, Drive. Any final yes. words, Dean? Cheers, buddy. 
Um, hey, look both ways before crossing. I don't know. <laughs> um, I've just uh, created a D&D character um, who's a, a tall dwarf, so I've called him Cave Prouse. <laughs> and it just has reminded me of the uh, Green Cross code map. <laughs> nice. Very yeah. nice indeed. I approve of that. Excellent. Ah, uh, the fourth joke for the podcast. Dean. Hi, man. Good night from you, is it? Of course it is. Good night. Thanks, everyone, for tolerating my uh, slightly more fractious personality than usual, but uh, I think we had fun. Cheers. Oh, and the uh, if the existentialist suicidal ideation people did uh, yeah. tune in, then uh, hang on in there just at least one more week, eh? Yeah, yeah. one more week. Come on, boys, we can do it. Oh, trust me, we've we got a lot more content coming that you will not want to miss. Um, Is that the way to sell them? It's what we've got. But. Just tell them like, things, things couldn't be worse. <laughs> Let's just say, right, you're either going to stick around and listen to it or you will be forced to listen to it in hell. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.